on last week's Irrevelations. God's like, yeah, fine. I'm so sick of these Jews acting like Assyrians. I'm going to remove the Jews and just put in normal Assyrians. Suddenly lions are springing up out of the f***ing earth and eating all the people. Followed idols, became idolaters, did witchcraft, made wooden images, f***ing served Baal. Honestly, the funnest Hezekiah's like, you know what? I'm a big boy. I'm not going to follow my dad's mistakes. I'm cutting ties with Assyria. Eat my ass. That's all it takes to be a good king, is to have taken down the poles. Before we turn to the word, I would like to... I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe... In a literal burning Bible hell, just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. Death in the Bible for killing innocent souls are in hell now, burning now. The, the Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. And pray this simple prayer Lord, speak to me. Okay, God comes down to you, personally, and says, Cole, you have to make a decision. Okay, I'm ready. It's up to you. I can snap my fingers right now, and all over the world, starting at that moment, boys will also have periods. (laughs) Would you do it? There's no other reason just to do it. Just equality. Yeah. God just gives me the option to give yeah, boys periods. You still can't have babies, but you can have right. a period you can once have a periods. month. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll right. I'm bored. That's what I thought. But, That's our podcast's stance on that but question. But only if it takes away every girl's breasts, just so it's truly equal. Huh. Okay. Just a Some bunch of. Some guys have breasts. Just a bunch of boards. You can grow breasts Slip as a man. Out. First off, I know, but there's medicine for that. So they can too. I just mean like. Oh, I like, see. They have to right. grow it like we do. It's a trait of secondary sexual uh, structure. Yeah, I like this world. I like this world where there's no boobs and I have a period. <laughs> this is cool. And also, the girls also get a penis, and the guys get a vagina. Well, now it's not equal again. We no, it's switched. equal. They are all the same. They're like those oh, aliens. We have both. Yeah, everyone has I- everything. I think that's intersex. I don't think that's Everybody aliens. has everything. Everyone that's has Kleinfelter syndrome. That's not Round. aliens, though, is my Ra- point. Rounded <laughs> shoulders. Adam's <laughs> apples. Listen, we're not doctors. Let's Big not... <laughs> old dicks. Okay, okay. So uh, Useless testes. I want to talk about... <laughs> uh, speaking of useless testes... <laughs> we did it. We found a way. J- Jerry Falwell sitting in the corner of the room while the pool boy fucks his wife. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Jerry Falwell back in the news, our favorite person, uh, a king, in, a king, the king of Liberty University, him and him and DJ Khaled should do a collaboration where they talk about how they can't pleasure their wives S- suffering from success, <laughs> suffering from success, all those millions of dollars. Here's the thing. Uh, so for those of you who aren't aware, um, there had been a lot of controversy surrounding this for a while. Like, a lot of people thought this and is fucking weird. We've done it. This is almost a recap, but yeah. Yeah, that uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, 
had a weird relationship with a pool boy and then like gave him millions of dollars to start a business, a hostel that was like a party central for like booze and sex and everything. And a lot of people were like, Hey, isn't it weird that the evangelical head of a religious school is bankrolling basically a uh, sex dungeon? Yeah. And his funny, his uh, reply to this was always, now my daddy was a preacher. I'm an attorney. But it's like, well, yeah, but you're also still the president of an evangelical university. But, okay, go off. Anyway. Which is funny because he's like, yeah, my dad was a preacher. I'm literally the devil. So. (laughs) Deal with it. Everyone knows all those good reputations of lawyers, you know. (laughs) Right. Unimpeachable. Uh, But apparently that uh, weird pool boy that he had a weird relationship with has been just fucking his wife for the last 10 years while Jerry Falwell slow strokes in the corner. Which, honestly, that's his least impeachable character flaw. Like, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, that's, I, don't, I don't care. If, if you want to do that. I don't I, it it, it kind of comes back to that If you want me to whole... do that to you, I can't. But you can ask. Why, why can't you? It would be polite. I feel like my wife wouldn't let me. Oh. She's a real prude. <laughs> okay, not to get too deep into your relationship, but what your would your life would your wife let you observe Jerry Falwell Jr.? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's like you can't see the pool boy rarely the wife, but you're in the closet watching Jerry Falwell slow Watch stroke his in wife. his Superman costume. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I could do that. Right. Um, okay. No. I think I could so, do that. So obviously there's I have to nothing. Ask. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we both could. I feel like you <laughs> and I could do it together with our wives with popcorn. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this a business idea? (laughs) Can we we offer ourselves to GOP (laughs) spokespeople to watch them watch other people fuck their wives? There would certainly be some coin in it. It's just a matter of whether or not I have the time. Put it on the Twitter. Put it on the Twitter. Say, we will watch you watch somebody fuck your wife. wife. Okay. Gotcha. I'll put up a poll. I'll figure out how to do. I'll ask a niche. Okay. So back on track. Jerry Falwell. Into cuckoldry, which is fine. Right. Must have a closet that can fit too. Yes. Now here's the qu- here's the question. Uh, why didn't he get to speak at the RNC this week? <laughs> <laughs> He's got about as much. I mean, to be honest, Jerry Falwell, despite all of this, yeah, could still just be like, "Listen, guys, at least I'm cheating on my first wife." You know? Is he? Yeah, probably. Probably. There's no I way of knowing. But compared to the rest of those rooms, he's like, at least I would love Jerry Falwell to just go up there and be like, who's judging me? Who's judging me? Newt Gingrich? At least I didn't cheat on my wife who had cancer. And you over there, at least it was at least someone was really my wife, not me really someone else's porn star. You know, like true. They can, they can all have like a rock, paper, scissors of who's the most degenerate piece of shit. Yeah. And then he can put, you know, Lindsey Graham, you know, little male prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've Ted all Haggard. Ted Hager goes in there, just be like, I got all y'all. Dennis Haster, right? You guys are fucking women? (laughs) Dennis Haster was fucking kids, so that's pretty bad. Like, Ted Haggard's like, and you, so Ted Haggard's just like, wait, the pool boy was fucking your wife? And you didn't snort meth off his boner? Yeah, well, you know. There's a a long history of strong Republican moral value spokespeople just. They're not good people. Living their best, yeah. It's like guys that are, uh, and there's nothing wrong with being a feminist, but guys that are like outspoken male feminists, that, like have shirts about it. That's a predator. I'm going to say <laughs> it right now. <laughs> it's uh, the wolf in sheep's clothing approach. You okay. Know? Uh, we've got on a tangent if we're going to shit on male feminists, but yes. Not, I, ma- I, I, no, I no, agree. I'm not shitting on male feminists. I'm shitting on guys that like have male feminist shirts. 
Right. If you see a guy wearing a... Performative feminism. If you see a fat guy with nips poking out of his fucking... Um, okay. We're not, the future is no. women t-shirt and we're his not, pussy hat. We're not but, yeah. skidding off the rails into body shaming now. Okay. Nah. Pump the bricks. <laughs> no, the reason that they're feminists is because they can't get sex any other way because they're grotesque. Fair. No, right. that's fucked up. That's not nice. That's true. No comment. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, should we talk about Jerry Falwell more? What happened? Oh, so the funnest part of this whole thing, forget the cuckoldry, whatever, yada, 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 Funny. is that Liberty announced, oh, he resigned. And then he came out and said, uh-uh. <laughs> so that was awesome. And then a day later, he was like, okay, actually, yeah, I think I I think I better. But how cool would it be if he just like did a hostile takeover <laughs> and just stayed in charge? I would love it, it if they just I, – I would love it if it just shows, like, the greased-up pool boy railing his wife and then in the corner is him just doing that scene from, like, Wolf of Wall Street and be like, I ain't fucking going. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best part about the whole pool boy thing is that it's not happening any longer. For those who are out of the loop that haven't read up on this because you're Philistines, right. uh, not literal but figurative Philistines, um, the, pool, the reason this all came out is because I guess they got on the pool boy's bad side. I'm assuming it's financially motivated, but uh, he released all these text messages to the to the uh, I, uh, press. I think it may be financially motivated, but I also actually delving into that. So here's the deal: the pool boy was 20. Yeah, when I think when Jerry Falwell in his like was he in his he was like 50, probably 50s. Yeah, allegedly when the Falwell couple were in their roughly their 50s. Uh, started a relationship with him and we're like yeah we're going to pay you to fuck my wife yeah so i mean if the roles were reversed you would consider it pretty predatory if it was a hot i still do pool but yeah girl. well i it's, mean i guess it is still predatory but i mean it would yeah. be more odd there would be a lot more outcry sure that this guy I mean, just leo's doing fine but yeah whatever yeah but you know what i mean like you go to a guy who's 20 years old and you offer him a bunch of money to bang your wife i mean there, there's probably a double standard of sexism to you know that man you know but <laughs> but the pool there, boy, there, so i don't feel bad for the pool boy he so fucking got his honestly. i think his uh i think his of, yeah i think his official state oh so i got money to get, to get my dick sucked whoa we oh we oh but <laughs> i think his argument kind of was like i didn't really want this life i was just a poor kid and they used economic and sort of you know they came in as like economic sponsors and authority figures and brought me into their bedroom and i don't know maybe if i'd been older and had better judgment i wouldn't have started down this path sure but well not illegal still very creepy yeah, I'm going to take the stance that it kind of has an even creepier vibe of like Jerry Falwell just wanting to have this like deviant relationship outlet for his sexual fucking predatory things. I mean, the whole hostile booze hound yeah. shit show stuff was even and him weirder, on the boat so. and him at parties and stuff. And yeah. you know that those photos only leaked by well, he only released those photos because someone threatened to do it for him. Well, I mean, I think this had been going down for a while yeah yeah the, acor- according to the according to the guy i don't even know his name doesn't matter uh there had been some back and forth and the relationship had been just gradually souring yeah uh let's ask ourselves uh should this ruin his image slash career yeah or is it just par for the course for a christian i guess here's my my want is no that it wouldn't because i want him to stay on the scene because it's hilarious it's awesome 
should it, ethic, it should it be impossible for him to be ahead of the conservative evangelical uh, movement? Yeah, obviously. I mean, it that's should. stupid. I don't think it will, but it should. No, he's going to – I don't know. So I even saw some of the conservatives were already trying to distance themselves from him, you know, uh, making jokes at his expense and stuff, which – you know they weren't actually all that teeth out though, so I could see them bringing him back into the fold. I mean, how many? Again, why I think that being a naturally angry, shitty person and spending that much time thinking about trans rights just naturally leads to erectile dysfunction. Yeah. So I mean, I'm willing to bet that Don Jr. can't fuck his wife. Oh no, because well, yeah, all they're doing is thinking about. Uh, controlling other people's sex lives, right? That can't right. be healthy. And that's, that's because they, had, they need an outlet because they can't even control their own sex lives. Nice. Because they're incapable of performing. That's what I think. Yeah, we're a Freudian podcast now. Yeah, well, this I mean, a- you know, I'm an expert. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm an expert Jeez, at watching man. people fuck. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, uh, who else do we think can't fuck their wives? Let's, let's, let's rattle out some names. Hmm. Ted Cruz. Especially now that Trump has designated her ugly. Yeah, yeah. Even Marred. he's like, he's like, you know, I did love you beforehand, despite yeah. the, your looks. But now he's like, he's like you're spoiled meat. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, now that you've been branded, that I can't <laughs> branded by the Trump. I can't do it no more. Uh, I almost feel sorry for her. That one's rough. No, uh, fuck what, that old bitch. Yeah. She ugly. Well, somebody <laughs> needs to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Who else can't fuck their wife? I want to say James Woods probably. No, no. Does he yep. even have one? I, yeah, uh, no way. Uh, Matt Gates, young, but I don't think so. Wait a minute. Wait Look a minute. Doesn't Matt Gates also have, have a weird relationship with a young boy? Yeah, I made that tweet that w- where you were in the picture. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Um, okay. So what we're gonna do as part of the Revelations podcast, since half of us are a journalist and the other half is uh, morally data scientist. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's. Let's do a Freedom of Information Act and let's start an actual <laughs> journalistic investigation into whether or not Matt Gates fucks that adopted son. <laughs> Wait, I, I oh no, no, like has has the adopted son fuck his wife? Let's call. Let's just wife. keep tweeting at him. Yeah, be like, let's just let's message his wife. Are you fucking that guy? Is that what this is about? Well, hey, both of our he's a uh, both of our parents are constituents of Matt Gates, so that's true. They should be able to ask him. He should he's, have to say he works for them. Yeah, I bet we can talk your dad into going, going after him. Oh, God, I just vomited in my mouth. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, but yeah, I think that's more of a private eye job, if anything, right? Uh, we need Perry oh. Mason. A winking eye job, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I'm going to give him an eye job. Um, so Speaking of awful God Degenerate shit, fucking, I don't know. Yeah, no, this doesn't tie in, really. This is a good story we're about to read, actually. Yeah. Good God is back. This um, is our... Yeah, speaking of degenerate the leaders Bible. who fuck around, I guess. Yeah. Um, welcome to the Revelations podcast, where the uh, guy's reading the Bible, so you don't have to. I'm Grant DeVoist. And I'm Cole Deluski, and it's episode 101. Ooh. Welcome to Bible 101, 101 guys. Bible 101. And back to the basics. If ever... If ever there was a excuse to come. If you have to choose between Liberty University and this podcast, you know the right choice. Liberty University. No, don't go to Liberty uh, University. Okay. Well, they give you a degree. Let's rebrand Liberty University as like a party school where it's Ooh. just, you know, okay. lead by example. All right. Just sucking and fucking. 
Well, we should, we as two people that live nowhere near nor have attended Liberty University should have no problem changing its reputation from our podcast that seven people listen to. Exactly. This should, should be really easy to Yeah, ask. but you see, there's this thing what? called force multiplier. If right. you can kill just. So you pulled us back into the Liberty thing somehow. We already started <laughs> talking about the Bible. I'm going to haul this back over. I'll give you a minute to bring it up at the end of the episode. Okay. If that'll make you happy. So. As we had said, this is episode 101. We are still in 2 Kings for what has felt like a few months now, right? Jesus. Just goes. But I think we're only a few episodes out. I I think we might be... I would like to do the next episode is our last of 2 Kings, just to like Mm. wrap it up, you know? Maybe. Just that, like the follow through of the swing. But it is kind of long. But this is a... Yeah. I think we're going to get through two or three chapters today. I think two. So, Second Kings, we're kicking off in chapter 19. Um, and we're still with the friendly, uh, good king Hezekiah, right? Great guy. First, he's, he's, we've talked about this, but he's kind of like the high watermark at this point, besides maybe David. Um, but uh, he, he's yeah, like David I, without sin. I think it's arguable that he's better than David. Because he essentially reestablished. Well, I guess he doesn't have like those big ticket items. Like that's the thing. He doesn't have establishing the, the, the temple. Feats. He doesn't have the yeah. feats of glory, but he doesn't have the sin either. So he's like if you took all the David's best pros and best cons and balanced them out, got rid of them, and so he's like a right. more neutral David. But he's he's a good guy. It's a good guy. Yeah, his claim to fame is that he essentially for was it like twenty. 20- Nine years? How long did he rule? Explain the last like episode. Some long yeah. ass time. Um, he removed all the Shira poles and Baelish worship and Canaanite bullshit, and just was like, "By the way, we worship God here." And in the last episode, we mentioned how he's like, "Yeah, this is fucking Judah. We worship God. We're back on track. This is mm-hmm. our, you know, we're back, baby." And then uh, Assyria attacks. That's right. And in the last episode, Assyria was like, we're going to fucking kill you, and your god is weak and pathetic, and we're coming. That's right. The messenger from the king of Assyria specifically talked to the people of Jerusalem, right? They've already pretty much wiped out everywhere else in Judah. All the other cities have fallen. We're down to just Jerusalem. And the, this messenger from the king says, listen, people, you don't got to side with this king of yours. Let us take over. Your God's not here, clearly. We've crushed every other country within, you know, reasonable distance. Let us just take your city. We'll be nice. And uh, mm. the people don't listen to him. Now, there's something I want to do. I have a little treat for you. I didn't Ooh. even tell you, so it's a surprise. <laughs> the old James Kugel book's coming out. Oh, finally. So I fa- Well, he's been really, dr- like, hit or miss lately. But not that he is, but as far as following along with what we're doing. Now, this is fun because this is an actual transcription, an account, I guess, from Sennacherib, right? The Assyrian king that's taking the current Syrian king that's attacking Jerusalem. It's an account from him that was recorded by Assyrians that, you know, archaeologists were able to find. And this is him speaking specifically about the attack on Judah. So I'm just going to read it verbatim because, it's you know, we don't get stuff like this very often. So Sennacherib said, in uh, this is around just after 701 BC. A good he said, year. Bec- 
Because Hezekiah of Judah did not submit to my yoke, I laid siege to 46 of his fortified cities, walled forts, and to the countless villages in the vicinity. I conquered them using earthen ramps and battering rams. These siege engines were supported by infantrymen who tunneled under the walls. I took 200,150 prisoners of war, young and old, male and female, from these places. I also plundered more horses, mules, donkeys, camels, large and small cattle than we could count. I imprisoned Hezekiah in Jerusalem like a bird in a cage. So that's where we're at right now, right? All of Judah is wiped out. I didn't even realize there was 46 cities. That's crazy. In Judah. Maybe he's counting Israel, too. I don't know. Uh, Probably. I I, I wonder if... I mean, obviously, he knows who Hezekiah is and that Hezekiah is a king. And he took the king of Israel captive. So maybe he's just fluffing yeah. his own shit maybe he understands the actual boundaries of judah you know like but maybe it who, knows? Him. who knows they who knows? are two we different kings so i i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and but just say is israel's or Jeruda is big it is kind of a cool stage to set that he has just been ransacking this war machine and now he's banging on jerusalem's gates and he's like boasting because he can boast because he's been kicking all ass all up and down yeah and the leaders of jerusalem are like yeah whatever we ain't worried about you bitch and then like the second they shut the door they go in their closet and they cry they're like oh "Oh, shit oh shit tearing their clothes up and back then you had to like make your clothes so that's a big deal you know (laughs) just go to target just tear my clothes be like that's your only shirt like i'm gonna have to spend three days sewing you a new robe now thanks so (laughs) Uh, it's very interesting, though. So from from uh, Sennacherib's standpoint, this is an all-absolute win, I guess you could say, right? Like, sure, he it doesn't ever mention him taking Jerusalem, which holds to this biblical account, but he fucked him up pretty right and got a lot of uh, money. And it's funny, he, it actually says that um, he recorded 420 pounds of gold from Judah, whereas I think, what did they say? They said 11 tons of gold was given away, which is funny, right? Like, uh, in the last chapter, Judas' account was that they gave away 1% of the gold that ever existed, whereas it was really just, like, a modest amount. So oh, they were like, we gave away all this riches that we had to put them away, and then, like, uh, like from the Assyrians, they were like, yeah, they had something. They had, like, two backpacks of they gold. Had, yeah, they had two backpacks of gold and a fucking uh, disc jacket filled with burnt CDs that whatever. Yeah, very cool. So, cool, yeah, the point is that it's that gives us kind of a hint of how exaggerated some of these biblical numbers are, because surely if the Assyrians had captured 11 tons of gold, that would have made it into the ledger. Right. They wouldn't downscale it to 400 pounds. What an embarrassing. It'd be like it'd be like if you get robbed and the cops are like, you live like this. You're like, no, no, no. This is they made this mess. He's like, you <laughs> believe these fucking burglars they left pizza boxes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, these burglars came in. Filled the sink with dirty dishes. They must have had a feast for weeks. There's no way I leave. Not, I don't live like this. Okay. And they're like, and they smashed your piggy bank. What was in here? Like thousands of dollars, bro. And there's just a couple of burgers. Like what a shithole. This guy had two fives crumpled together, sweaty fives, and his house was a mess. Yeah. So we're getting the real account now because the cops catch up, catch up with the burglar. Um. So. In the last uh, in the last episode, we talked about how Hezekiah didn't directly talk with this messenger from the Assyrian uh, king. He he sent out basically his trusted people, right? His financial guy, his 
uh, like general. And the scene in chapter 19 opens with those guys again. So shit's getting ugly. The thing is that there is a prophet nearby, name of Isaiah. Now, that's going to be a huge name. Okay. I There's a so. book of Isaiah. This fucker is going to be all over like the rest of the Bible. So huh. this is his introduction. It's a very small part, I think, relatively. But yeah, he has his own book later and um, he's a big deal. Yeah. Things are dire. They seek out a prophet, which is that significant? I don't, I feel like I haven't been tracking their view of prophets, but because I think the last time we really heard from prophets was like, the siege of Jerusalem again, where they go to Elijah and we're like, hey, are you just going to let us die here or what? Close. There was one other prophet mentioned and also a small cameo. This is like getting to the MC. Well, there was part Jonah, the right? Jonah. We talked yes, about Jonah. Who's also very significant. And in fact, he almost has a cameo later in this. I'll huh. point it out when we get to it. But so this is getting to the part where, yeah, like all these stories are kind of intertwining. And you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. It's going over here and over there. And like, oh, that's kind of cute. So, but there's so, so many lines running now that they can't be told linearly like it has okay. to be different. it's kind of like the mcu like you're there's just exactly. that one scene where you just see like captain america's shield they're yeah. like yeah forget that isaiah is basically samuel L. jackson okay you could say <laughs> yeah so what happens basically um king hezekiah goes to the same people that he sent out to talk to the messenger minus the recorder and plus a few priests so he gets shebna his secretary um elakim his uh palace administrator and a bunch of priests tells them to put on sackcloth because that sounds comfortable and sends them to Isaiah to uh, basically see, Hey, appeal to God. See, get us some fucking luck. I think it's like having a, Oh, good. Oh, well, I was going to say, I think that at this point, it's like the teenage daughter who has learned how to manipulate her daddy, you uh-huh, know, okay. like at this point, the Jews have kind of realized, okay, you can act a fool. And you can just fuck around all day long and bang three guys in the back of a van at a public park. But can. the second you get caught out and it's time to get that money that you need so bad, then you like wash off your makeup and you're like, daddy. And you just you know, put on your sack claws and you, you beg. It's funny because this still fits into like your long running abuse of dad analogy <laughs> for God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So She's like, you found out about my OnlyFans, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Number one fan. Uh, so he sends these guys out to Isaiah, right? And they basically go to him and they say, look, uh, the king wants to know. We're in distress. Yeah, we've done some shitty stuff. <laughs> no big deal. But, um, we, you know. But we're sorry. <laughs> they basically take the words that the Assyrian commander had said to them and relate those to, to, Israel, to uh, Isaiah, right? They're like, hey, the Assyrians are at the gate. They're promising quite a fiasco for us if we don't. Uh, it also kind of has flavors of because because you have to remember that Assyria's taunt was very much like, "Listen, you think your God will keep you safe? These mm-hmm. are I want I want you to know that all these other kings that we've deposed, their gods died too. Yeah, like they're all shit. So yeah, it's a good point. And really, they're right. The Assyrians are right. Uh, God may or may not save them here in a minute. We'll find out. Don't want to give any spoilers, but they've already lost this war, right? I mean, all of Judah, as we just talked about, for what, 46 cities have been sacked. Uh, over almost a quarter million prisoners have been taken. Like, there's no winning this war at this point. You can get out of it, you know, but you can't really win. I mean, it's kind of weird that, yeah, the P- 
people of Israel, the tribes of Israel, are essentially decimated. Yeah. And they're just like, don't worry, you guys. We got God. We're going to be okay. Like, well, okay, the ruling class, maybe. And yeah. the priest. Like the king and, gets to keep his palace. Great. Yeah, great. Wow. wow. Such is God's glory that uh, a weird elite 1% seem to survive the storm. That's cool. Yeah. Well, again, this is just more examples of the Republican platform actually unironically aligning with the <laughs> So what happens is they get to Isaiah. They tell him all this. And Isaiah's like, all right, all right. Everyone settle down. It's cool. I talked to God. I just want you to know this. Soon, the Assyrian king is going to get a message, and that's going to fix things. Now, for me, this is, I would freak out if I was one of the guys that went to go see him. And he's like, oh, he's going to get a message, and this is all going to go away. Like, I feel like it's a deal with the devil, almost. Like, Well, they're all kind of... Deal. Well, we'll get to. It's like the, it's like if you let's say that you got off the bus and some kid was bullying you on the bus and you go home to your dad. You get you know you go to your dad you're like oh, I was on the bus and all the kids are calling me bird boy and making fun of my huge we, nose and whatever and weird pitched chest. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. And your dad like goes to the closet and is putting on gloves and you're like, whoa, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm gonna take care of this. <laughs> don't like, you wait. worry about him no more. <laughs> like dad, no, I don't. It was just like kind of mean and i just wanted you to say you know give me some ice cream or something <laughs> like <laughs> i don't want you to kill anyone so it's very i don't know ominous i guess the way he leaves well it. It, it's more like you got bullied on the bus and then you're like Check. telling your dad and your dad's like what happened there he's like oh yeah and on top of that he said that the reason why mom left you is because your penis don't work and that's why you can't hold down a job yeah. and he's like hmm okay so not only did he bully my son but he's talking shit to yeah. me directly? That's a good point. What really seems to piss God off here, or get God to intervene, is that he is actually himself insulted by the Assyrians. Which is right? odd. Because I think that might actually be a clear point, because like the Syrians and the some of the others, the Syrians especially is the one that comes to mind, is that they respected God. They are like, no, no, we know your God's good. We're still going to kill you guys. Yeah. And that's why they kind of had to be bribed off, whereas the Assyrians are actually like, nah, fuck your god. And that god's like, alright, now I'm involved. You Pearl yeah. harbored me and my name. Time for me to get involved. Exactly. So God not only says through Isaiah that um, this report that he's going to give to the king of Assyria will make him leave Israel or Judah alone, but also that it's going to cause him to go back home and get killed by the sword somehow. So we don't know exactly how. It's a little cryptic, but yeah, that's the game plan. God works in very mysterious, bloodthirsty ways. Now, sure enough, right after this, the king of Assyria does get a report from the field. And it's news that Tirhaka, the king of Cush, which, by the way, is like Somalia, oh, Ethiopia. I think it's like, yeah, modern-day Ethiopia. Kushite. So, like, way down south of Egypt, those guys are about to attack Assyria, which that seems like a fucking haul. Well, right? okay, so at this time, the pharaoh in Egypt is actually Ethiopian. So oh. the implication is that Ethiopia has conquered Egypt, and it's essentially Egypt which is pushing north. So they're just on the other side of Israel. Right, right, right. right. Okay. Like, okay. Ethiopia isn't fighting through Egypt to get to Israel. It's yeah. it's Egypt. So, it, it, which, we've, which we've kind of set the stage for because they'd already mentioned, like, Assyria was like, I heard you talking shit to Egypt and yeah, thinking Pharaoh they'll sucks. help you. Yeah, like, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. And that's why. It's a bunch of filthy Ethiopians. 
that. Whoa, okay. Uh, so that adds up. Um, so the king gets this word from Assyria, and he's <laughs> so the so the king of Assyria gets this note. He finds out about the Kushites coming for him, and he has this actually brilliant plan. He goes back to Hezekiah, sends a messenger, and says, "Hey, hey, you know, hurry up." I'm going to fucking kill you. Give me your city. Like he appeals one more time, knowing that his time to actually attack Israel are about to be cut short because the Kushites are going to be coming up from that same direction is my guesstimate of why he's doing this. Right. Like he's basically trying to hurry up and finish up his business before uh, he gets hit with this other wave of attackers, you know? And uh, I think it could be a bluff because it's a strong one. He basically just just read um, starting with uh, 11 through uh, 13. He sends his messenger and he says, say to Hezekiah, king of Judah, do not let the God you depend on deceive you when he says Jerusalem will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria, because surely you've heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries, destroying them completely. And will you be delivered? Did the gods of the nations that were destroyed by my predecessors deliver them? The gods of Gozan, Haran, Rezef, the people of Eden who were in Telassar? Where's the king of Hamath? Or the king of Arpad? Where are the kings of Lair, Sefer, Vaim, Hena, Iva? This is a huge flex, right? He just listed like fucking 12 kingdoms that no longer exist because of the Assyrians. It's pretty badass, honestly. It, it It is a bit of a, uh, it's like that scene from 300 where he shows up with the head of other kings. Like, right, are you going to yeah, bend the knee? Yeah. You're going to be like these guys. Uh, it's also kind of interesting that those people are the ones that he's populated Israel with. Like when he took yes. over Samaria, he populated them with the refugees of his other conquests. Yeah, so, shuffling them around, you know? Yeah. So it is kind of a, I mean, it, it we, we, we've talked about this. It is, a, it is at its core. Your God is the say is nothing. If the, if gods existed and they had any power, then these gods would have stopped me. But your God is nothing. Their God is nothing. It's all bullshit and lies. He's probably the first like truly atheist king. It sounds like, and he was just like, no, no, trust me, no God is going to stop me from ripping you apart. Well, he has his God, but we'll get to that later. I don't believe him. True. You think it's a performative? Nah, okay. it's probably he probably is like my God's the best. One of those types. Yeah. Now. Hezekiah, fine. After hearing this whole rant from the king of Assyria, whose name I'm not going to say because it's hard, he finally gets his letter uh, from the messengers and reads it and uh, goes to the temple of the Lord and basically lays himself out and he's just praying, God, look, you know what? You made heaven, you made earth. Hear me, please. Look at us. This motherfucker is ridiculing, ridiculing you again, appealing to the the ego of God. That, you know, it's not just that your people are being once again battered around, but he he said some shit about you, God. I don't know if you knew that, you know, trying to uh, really turn his ear, I guess. It's pretty embarrassing, you know. He says, God, it's true. The Assyrians have been going around just fucking everyone up, but now I need you. Like, I basically he's he's on his last fucking gamble, right? This is this is the only chance that he's got is God. And if anyone in the line of, of Judean kings is going to have a shot at getting God to come around, it's got to be this guy. He's righteous. You know, God has no excuse now to, to turn him down. Let's let's take the mindset of if we were actually like pastors who actually believe this bullshit. 
sure. you would notice the I, I feel like a normal pastor would really hammer in this story because it's mm-hmm. one we've heard before but one that's really really it's like oh yeah when 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 time is tough you know and the the assyrians are knocking on the door and they've destroyed all the other kings before you what do you do put on some sackcloth and just just bury yourself in god's bosom yeah put on some hillsong united right right real <laughs> christians will get that yeah, um, yeah, i don't but that's fine so yeah it's um it definitely is a story that yeah, I feel like a pastor could take advantage of, uh, as opposed to most of these that sh- that are just awful. Right. You know, it seems like one of the ones that would have made the circuit. But yeah, the whole point is Hezekiah is got nowhere to go. He's surrounded. Yeah. And he bears himself to God in the form of a prayer. And in reply, Isaiah, that prophet we were talking about, sends him a message with the word of God that he received with regards to the king of Assyria. And we shouldn't read this, should we? Or do you want me to? It's um, long. It's a poem, we, let's really. Let's sum it up. Isaiah's like, by the way, here is the word of God. And it's a long, long form poem. And we're not going to read the whole thing because that's not what we do. And no. it's boring. But yeah. to sum it up, he's like, this is the word concerning uh, the king of Assyria. The virgin daughter of Zion has despised you, laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind your back. Uh, essentially saying, like, Jerusalem is not interested, bro. She's not interested in you, bro. Yeah, uh, and he's saying, do you realize who you've ticked off this time? Like, this is the one true God, all right? I know that you fucked with some other gods, but I'm the real deal. It really is like, who the fuck are you raising your voice to? Yeah. And then he lists off some of his accolades, right? Uh, about all the people that he's ruined. About all the trees <laughs> he's cut down for some reason. I don't know. Weird it, flex. Uh, I didn't I didn't see any mention of Egypt. He does. He kind of talks about how he dried... Uh, it's like in 24. I dried up all the streams of Egypt, which I don't remember happening. I mean, oh, he turned them into blood, but... Uh, oh, because mine says, I have dug and drunk strange water. And with the <laughs> soles of my feet, I have dried up all the brooks of defense. I, I didn't. That's weird. I guess my point was the the thing I noticed is that now when God threatens people, He's like, "Remember all those people I've killed in the last four or five hundred years? Remember yeah. all the women I've just had raped and murdered, and children I've had like cast aside and shot with arrows? That's kind of what I'm my about." Own cho- chosen people, right? It just yeah, <laughs> even my own kids, I do that too. Yeah. It, it, it almost seems like He's like, "Remember when I chose people from Egypt?" And He's like, "Actually, I can't really flex on that anymore because it's like, Egypt yeah, remember sucks. when I pulled my." chosen children of egypt and look at how good they do and now he's just like yeah i will hurt you though that i, I cut down some trees i so. still have that in my resume that i have that's uh impeachable unimpeachable that i can still definitely kill you yes my whole like don't worry my kids are good that's gone it's like it's yeah. like it's like a three-star general who's had massive campaigns but it turns but then his kid ods and you're like okay yeah i used to be able to say oh yeah family man but i can't no more now i just have to go on my conquest of the middle east yes so he then goes on to be like and and i'm not kidding he's basically like oh all this stuff that's going on all this chaos and ruin happening to my chosen people it's part of my plan you played right (laughs) into it you fall right for my trap yeah he's (laughs) like i ordained all this i wanted you to take a quarter million of my people captured and i wanted you to ransack all their towns and take all of their gold it was part of the whole goddamn plan i was really 
I would think uh, about it this way. I would think about it this way. You're a burglar slash serial rapist. And you got a note on the dark web, come to this house, come get my wife. And you're like, okay. You show up, the door's open. You go to the top floor. There's a woman bound and gagged. Senya's playing fucking red satin sheets on the lampshade. You rape her. And then you're about to break into the fucking second bedroom. You're about to break into the fucking guest bedroom to get the daughter. And then the husband comes out like, ha ha, you thought you could have her too? No, sir, I'm the guy that shoots serial rapists. And you're like, oh, you, you got me. I hate, hate, hate this analogy. <laughs> you know, like, like, he's like, yeah, you thought you could just rape and murder my wife, which is fine and was part of my plan, and you got you. But, sorry, right. this one I well, love. Let's try and make sure the rest of our analogies I'm a for father, today. too, y'all. <laughs> let's make sure that no more of our analogies have such brutal sexual violence against women. Thanks. No. No? Okay, <laughs> great. Glad we have this podcast. This is going to go well for the Speaking rest of, of our Speaking of which, lives. so then, uh, Second Kings 1927, but I know where you live, and I know where you come and you go. He did say that. Uh, a little creepy god, by the way. Yeah. Problematic. Um, yeah, he just he's like, look, you raged against me. I'm going to rage against you. You know, I'm going to put, he says, I'm going to put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I'm going to make you return by the way you came. He says, I'm going to fucking saddle you like a goddamn horse I'm and gonna, ride your sweet ass back to Assyria. <laughs> I would love it if, like, I went to, like, a priest and I just confessed my sins. And he's like, okay, I have the message from God. He's like, what? He's like, he's going to put you all, all fours, <laughs> bound and gag you and ride you like a pony. Hmm. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Don't threaten me with a good so time. So this is fine. My analogy earlier, that's no good, but this is okay. That's in the Bible. <laughs> Uh, we're supposed to read that. You can't just be making up new Bible <laughs> shit. Um, so yeah, basically he says the guy, guy's going to do this. Um, he kind of ends with this part about the King of Syria. He says he will not enter the city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with a shield or build a shield ramp, a siege ramp against it. Um, by the way that he came, he will return. He will not enter this city declares the Lord. Okay, cool. So it's kind of God's, uh, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back yeah. moment. You very, know? very cool. Yeah. Uh, a little much, right? It's a little extra, as they say. Uh, yeah, God's not. Well, God can be subtle and mysterious until he's not. And then he, you know, I, I, I just imagine like a beer bellied redneck in a Civil War cap, like a Civil War flag cap, just screaming this from the back of a truck. Like that's well, at a at a bunch of Muslims at a gas station. That's what okay, I think. Yes, of. that actually adds you know. up. I'm picturing though. All right, you're Hezekiah. You're a good guy. You've done everything right your whole life. You're the best king ever. Sure. You're sitting on your throne. Isaiah comes in and just starts going through this fucking screed, and you're just like trying to stay interested. And you're like, <laughs> okay, you know, all right, God, like, yeah, that's good. But like, can you just fuck like? People are dying out, you know, I don't know. Not that we've done this bit in a long time, but I kind of imagine Hezekiah being played by uh, Michael Sarah from Arrested Ooh. Development. He's just like, <laughs> okay. okay, all right. And he's like, don't worry. <laughs> he's like, I took out those statues and I made everyone's robes all clean. He's like, don't worry, I'm going to rip them apart. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and Isaiah is right. definitely Job in a uh, wizard's <laughs> outfit. <laughs> yeah, just just segueing in with a sword, just like, all right. Is what we're gonna George do. Michael. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, we perfect. do like that show. But anyway. Uh, Will Arnett. 
So he says, yeah, don't worry. He's going to get his. And uh, it, the Bible sure takes enough. no time getting in there. Yeah, let's talk about it. So let's think about this. It took God hundreds of years to finally like do something about the atrocities being uh, doled out against the uh, Hebrew people. Sure. So this is what happens next. It says, that night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. That's it. That's all he had to do. He just sent an angel down, killed a bunch of people. When they woke up, they're surrounded by corpses. Very He fun. sent w- one angel down, and it killed almost 200,000 men instantaneously. Uh, so, I don't think... I don't think... Defi- I think the point is that God is all-powerful. These things are as nothing to him. Which begs the question also why he's... I guess okay. Just I guess the whole point is Hezekiah was a good boy, so you got to be a good boy to get this level of a um, response. But yeah, it, it kind of there's one of those things that uh, I see a lot on Catholic memes where they're like, "Oh, you," because I guess they've got all these like old scriptures and writings by other Catholics for the last two thousand years or whatever that they like to point to that are philosophical soliloquisms, whatever the fuck. But they're like, yeah. "Oh, but um." Because it doesn't make sense to me. They're like, oh, how can God exist if evil evil exists? Haven't you read the catechisms by St. Pope the Third? And you're like, I guess. I don't know. Nope. Haven't. They're like, <laughs> you, haven't, I can't you read. haven't read all our traditions? We have answers for all that, and it's shut the fuck up. <laughs> so to that point, you know, it's like, well, yes, God could obviously send an angel and kill 200,000 people like it's nothing in an afternoon. But uh, also just can't keep his people from being absolute shit and yeah. or stopping pregnant women from being ripped apart by uh, the king of Syria that one time. So it, it takes an absurd uh, level of apologetics to, to justify this, I think, uh, which it, I'm not interested in getting into. Yeah, honestly. that's not that's not our bag. Obviously, you know, our yeah. stance, but the, the, the it's going to be in the ether that God can do all this at a whim, but lets everything else happen. I guess just because, because he's bored. Because they had some poles up or whatever, and yeah, yeah, so and couldn't some, break the poles though. And some high places, couldn't, some people were burning incense in places they weren't supposed to. Yeah, couldn't couldn't just break the poles. Couldn't just knock over the altars. But yeah, okay. <laughs> well, so shut up. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> let's come back to this conversation when we're done, because right. the argument could be made that. No, let's just have this fucking argument now. You know, to say that he could have destroyed the altars and could destroy the poles, he's done that a few times, and he's sent his prophets in the past to be like, hey, you guys better not do that, and it doesn't seem to matter. So I, I, I think he's just like, I think he's just, again, a neglectful father with an out-of-control child, probably because he's so fucking neglectful, but what do I know? Nope, the high places have been there since Solomon. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's been trying to... Okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, all right. You've got, you're an abusive dad, and you oh, beat no, your kids, and you, you know, when your kids were young, you filled them doing, like, mild softcore porn. And now they're adults, and they're dealing with the aftermath of the <laughs> molestations you, you gave them, right? This is just Butterfly Effect, the movie. I'll say this, like, all right, you, you, you touched them, you diddled them when they were young, and now they're dealing with it. But, you know, they got nowhere to go, so you're trying to reinvest in that role as a father, you know, now that they're too old for you to be sexually attracted to them. Perfect. Now, now, 
she's acting out because of the, the damage to her this? psyche from your sexual abuse, and she's no. dating a guy who's like 40 because she doesn't understand the difference of inappropriate sexual partners. And you're like, how do I stop her from dating a guy in his 40s who's obviously a fucking crack dealer? And you're like, what do I do? You know, you you, you, you want to give her the literature. You try hitting her. You try taking away her phone. But she just keeps on doing it. So now you're at the end of your rope and it's time to kill the guy. That it? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I agree with you now, I guess. So, <laughs> so it says that the king of Assyria, having seen, you know, 185,000 of his men die in a single night for no explicable reason. Packs it up, breaks camp, withdraws, goes home the way he intended, just like Isaiah's prophecy said would happen. Where does he go? To Nineveh. And he stays there for a while. Now, where's Nineveh? Nineveh is the place that Jonah gets told to go later. So just keep that in mind. It is the capital of Assyria, like famously, right? I guess. Yeah. I know, yeah, because uh, Dan Carlin has a good one off episode about it being destroyed eventually, which is good. It does happen. But Jonah is going to be told to go to Nineveh later and doesn't want to, and that's why he famously is swallowed by a whale. Now, uh, once, what's his face, Sennacherib is in Nineveh. He's worshiping at the temple of his god, Nisroch, cool name, and two of his sons, Adremelech and Sherezer, kill him with a sword, stab the shit out of him, and then run away, and his other son becomes the king. I don't know why they would run away. Right, you gave uh, your brother to the throne. Your brother is the throne now, but you don't know. Maybe purge. He's maybe maybe purge, they right? killed him. And be like, you always treated Ashadadon as your favorite. Yeah, and then he's like, well, it. they liked each other. It'd be like if, that, it'd be like if Tiffany killed Donald Trump. You know, oh, obviously oh. Dodd Jr. and Ivanka. Good. Now like we it. get to have Secret Service boosting our numbers. <laughs> I'm just saying. Perfect. You know, obviously yeah, there's okay. the favorite child and the one he doesn't even know ex- exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's the end of chapter nineteen. We did it. We got. Do you want to keep going? We're already at an let's hour. Let's do twenty. Let's let's get All through right, it. We'll blaze through it because it is a nice little cap. So nineteen was Hezekiah being like, "Oh God, I love you so much. Oh, please help me fight off these Assyrians." And God's like, "All right, boo, let's do it." Yeah, and God was like, "I can be a hero." Okay. Yeah, you got it. So we're in chapter twenty. Um. What's going on? So Hezekiah, you know, after all this, after all the good shit he did, where do we pick up? With some good deeds, no doubt, right? No. Uh, Hezekiah gets sick to the point of death. <laughs> okay, so yikes. First off, you know, you hate seeing your faves just go down like this. Yeah, you uh, do, you do. But um, so Isaiah comes to him and says to him, set your house in order for you shall die and not live, which is cool. Yeah, good news. One of those. De- I, I thought it was gonna manner. be one of those deaths where I did live. But. Yeah. Ha. No, but it, it, it's uh, it's sad, and so he says this to Hezekiah, who immediately goes back to his mournful, weeping, pray to God thing. This time, not out of. Well, you know what I want to say, but last time was also out of uh, self survival instinct uh, desperation, right? maybe. Yeah, but so I once mean, again, we, that trope of, is known. Like when 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 you're at the bottom of your rope. God's there for you. Ugh. When you only see one set of footprints, it's because God was carrying you. <laughs> so uh, he starts pleading with God, and it says before Isaiah even made it out of the palace, 
God like texts Isaiah and is like, bro, go back, go back. <laughs> and so Isaiah turns around and goes back and he's like, hey, God changed his mind. You can live for 15 more years. Shut up. Stop whining, basically. I think God just doesn't like hearing uh, Hezekiah cry and piss I him out. He, yeah, he seems sensitive to that shit. You know, he, like, he's a fickle he, bitch. What if he just has that annoying of a voice? I don't know. But so I, uh, Isaiah is like, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver cool. you and the city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend the city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Yeah, I already did that. Yeah, but you didn't do that good. Anyway, that so they take a bunch of figs and they slap it on his boil and he's healed. But the, the, the weird thing is, is like, so, so Isaiah's like, don't worry. I, I've put these figs on your body. It healed some boils. All you got to do is go to this temple in three days and you will get another 15 years. And Hezekiah's like, how will I know for certain? I want yeah. a sign. Like, this isn't enough, man. Yeah. You think, I, you yeah. think I'm I mean, tricking you? Again, this is the first uh, crack we're seeing in his armor, kind of, right? Because technically, that's a little bit of unbelief. But God decides to, uh, you know, go along with it. And he says, all right, Isaiah says to him, what do you want God to do? So the shadow is on the stairs right now. Do you want to see the shadow advance 10 steps down or come back up 10 steps the way it had come? Right. So the shadow is slowly advancing down the stairway as the day progresses, as a shadow is known to do. And uh, Hezekiah says, yeah, yeah, I know it's going to go forward anyway. That's not a big deal. Make it make the shadow come back the way it came. Right. So make the sun spin or make the earth spin backwards. For 10 steps worth of the day, which I don't know, what, a couple hours? Um, yeah, let's sure. call it an hour. Let's see. He said, he said turn back hour. the clocks one hour. So, yes. yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, show me that God has power. He's like, all right, you see that shadow? I can continue time forward or I can take time away. What what would impress you? And he's like, well, let's, take, taking time forward is obvious. Let's keep in mind that not moments ago, God used an angel to kill 200,000 men besieging the city. <laughs> it also and makes now me... Hezekiah's like, well, can you really heal me? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, but can you do a brief magic trick? Like, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, compared to the other, I mean, it, it, I, I would almost expect him to be like, okay, but can you move this pencil on this table with just your mind? He's like, yeah, I know this trick. <laughs> like, like, hey, what, what number am I thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, how will I know that God will heal me? And he's like, all right, we'll pick a card. <laughs> you know, and then I'll shuffle the deck and we'll see what you got. Uh, he's like, what, what number am I thinking of, Isaiah? One? Nuh-uh. No, one minute to live. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if he was just like, how do I know God's going to heal me? And he goes, check this shit. He just pulls a coin from out of his ear. He's like, see that shit? All right, now shut the fuck up. Uh, so at this time, yeah, everyone's happy. Yay, this, the shadow went back 10 steps. He gets to live for 15 more years. Now something new happens. We're changing gears. Um, Hold on. Marduk, I, I, I wanted to specifically talk about my, my Bible's Concordance trying to, like... Okay. Uh, my Bible's Concordance, 2010. Hezekiah requested that the sundial do the unnatural, change its dis- direction from descending to ascending at an accelerated rate. Through the years, 
Men have tried again and again to explain what transpired, but have failed to reach the details of this phenomenon. You know? Yeah, it didn't fucking happen. Yeah, idiots. no shit. They're like, like it was just a weird thing where the Bible's like, yeah, explain that atheist. You're like, I don't know. That's like describing a magic trick and trying to make people figure out how you would do it technically. Men of science have tried to figure out how he knew the name of the card, but we all know the truth, demons. I mean. It's like if I if I went to uh, who was that skeptic the amazing Randy amazing or whatever Randy, yeah if I went to the amazing Randy and I'm like I have a trick that you and he offers like a million dollars right if you can actually do yeah, magic amazing Randy is. and I go to him not everyone knows who amazing Randy is but that's anyone who's point. anyone if you if you amazing, don't know amazing Randy you're not black okay I go to amazing Randy thank you Joe Biden. Amazing Randy, and I'm like, yeah, I can make my shirt change colors. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I just did it earlier. This, it's orange. It was green earlier today, and that's it. And I just walk out. And <laughs> like, he's like, explain that well, with I'm your not- science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's happening here. And Anyways. he's like, did you put it through a dye? And he's like, I'm not telling. You're like, I, okay, this is a <laughs> this is a pointless cool. conversation. <laughs> very very cool. Okay, so after the whole miracle thing goes down and the 15-year life extension is granted, some messengers show up in Jerusalem uh, from a man named Marduk Baladon. All right, that's the son of the king of Babylon. And he sent Hezekiah a bunch of letters and a gift because I guess he had gotten word that Hezekiah was about to die. So this is kind of sweet. Um you think my first. Bible's concordance states that at this time Babylon was conquered by the Assyrians and the Babylonian king is in exile. So oh. there's an undercurrent, and that's what sort of the undercurrent of the story is: is that the king of Babylon is giving gifts to Hezekiah as like, "Hey, would you please take me in? I've got nothing," and uh, gives some gifts to kind of like curry favor. So he goes to Hezekiah with a few gifts, like, hey, I've got nothing. I'm an exiled king. Can I just stay with you for a little bit? Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's it's more of a, like, real recognize real situation. Yes, we'll get to it. So so well, yeah. he shows up to Hezekiah, like, hey, man, I got nothing. Can I stay with you? And Hezekiah's like, cool, cool. Yeah, show you. Let me show you around. These are my chariots. They're gold. It's no big deal. Here's my uh, surround stand. I got two PS4s whatever just in case one of them gets loud yeah he shows them everything the armory everything inside the treasury he shows them all his olive oil collection which i don't know maybe that was like it's probably pretty pogs cool. back in the day it's it's like um so uh you remember when hurricane katrina happened and we had yeah. all those new orleans people's yeah, displaced come and coming to our high school and i would take a few of them over i'm like see this it's called a roof <laughs> that's a funny joke because right now it's about to happen again yeah you know i was like you see this it's carpet it's not wet at all it's about <laughs> under two inches of shit water it's pretty cool i don't know if do you, you remember this. that at the our pep rally where we uh played uh, where we rocky like a school, hurricane they played rocky like a hurricane yeah the f- i still them. don't understand who got who like anyway anyway it was pretty cool this is pretty cool we're pretty cool <laughs> the bible's not yeah okay so they're there. He's showing them around, showing them every nice thing that he has, like a real fucking jackass. Yeah. All right. First off, you're going to let a dirty ass Babylonian right into your city. They're worse the than Ethiopians. Do, hey, here's the here's the uh, here's the code to my gun safe. Like, yeah. What are you doing? In case you're wondering you where fuck? I keep my jewels, because I've got so many of them. It's like a whole map. 
So he explained the jewel storage is, situation. Is he just bragging? I think so. I think that's the I, and that's what explained later is that Hezekiah, who's got nothing, and we've seen this before. It's like when you gave tra- all his money to Assyria. It's right? like it's like when you're trailer trash, but you bring a hobo in to like brag about. You, know, you see that? That's my tower of uh, drank beer cans. And you're like, cool. <laughs> I got a banana. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, see this grapes? You probably can't afford them. <laughs> Fresh fruit. <laughs> when was the last time you had fruit? You probably spent all your money on booze. <laughs> <laughs> You have to eat children, don't you? See, I have enough money after booze to buy generic store cereal. Yeah. So Babylon actually is a really cool place, but whatever. I guess we're going to be mean to them. Um, So at this point, Isaiah comes down, and he's probably just watching this tour happen. And he goes, hey, Hezekiah, where did you say these guys are from? And Hezekiah says, oh, they're... uh, uh, somewhere Babylon, right? Yeah. They're from out there. Some shithole. Isaiah's like, what did they see in, in the palace? What did you show them? He's like, well, everything, man. I, f- I fucking took them around, you know? Yeah. They're my guest. I showed them the armory. and We used you know, the, the golf cart to go from the kitchen to the living room. That's how. That's the kind of day we've had. <laughs> I, I showed them when all the guards changed shift. You know, I let them know our weak points in the walls. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they wanted to find out. It was cool. Yeah. I, did he, do you think he was just excited to finally have a peer? Like he lives with all these lobies? I, I, I don't even think of it as a peer. I think it's he's eager to flex. You yeah, know? but it's on a peer. It's on I, another royalty. I, I feel like it's like you're a Mormon family. And yeah. you're not a rich Mormon family. But you managed to bring in one of those like poor Indian families over. That are also Mormon? Yeah, that are also Mormon. Let's just say they're also Mormon. You know, exchange student. You're like, oh, yeah, come over. We're going to show you our ways. And it's like, you're like, see this? I have my own bed. You're like, that's Damn. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's a weak flex, but it's a flex on someone they perceive as even weaker. That's fair. So Isaiah says to him, after all this, he's like, yeah, I showed him everything. There's nothing I didn't show him, in fact. And Isaiah says, all right, uh, God has something to tell you. Just so you know. There's going to come a time when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have that, that they've stored up to this day is going to be carried off by that fucking guy that you just <laughs> served around by Babylonians. Yeah. He's like, you idiot. <laughs> and they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget. And they will be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Like it's a pretty God damn. It's such an odd. Like he's like he's like like Isaiah's just like chilling there. He's like, what was that? He's like, oh, I was just showing them around. He's like, okay, guess what? He's going to uh, snip your children's dicks and turn them into court jesters. You're like, huh? You didn't warn me, huh? You just felt like letting me walk into that. <laughs> and so Hezekiah says back to him, "Man, the word of the Lord you've spoken, it's good." <laughs> It doesn't make any sense, because Isaiah's like, by the way, your children are going to be fucking eunuchs slash court jesters, and uh, and Isaiah, and like Hezekiah's like, pretty cool. It's the uh, it's the Wojak meme where he's he's crying, but he's got like the smiley face uh, like, mask on. Uh, he's like he's like this is fine. Uh, so yeah, he says outwardly, ah, oh, thanks for sharing, uh, thanks for sharing uh, God's prophecy with me, but it says he was thinking in his head. Damn, am I ever going to get some peace and security? <laughs> huh. Obviously. Probably, yeah. I mean, this guy seems like a real fucking dullard. Are we right? Like, the, the way that he, you know, can barely hide his emotions whenever 
I think know. you would have to be pretty stupid to believe in God this much, but yes. Yeah. And to also have like shown the Babylonians, these fucking he- heathens, all of his riches. So stupid. I mean, they're only temporarily exiled, right? They're going to get, you know, royalty I, doesn't just go away. I, I guess. I, I think it was a, I'm going to interpret it as sort of a inappropriate braggadocious moment, you know. It's like you bring in the neighbor boys, and they've got nothing. And you're like, and here's where I keep my PS4. Here's the code to my uh, security system. Here's where I keep my guns. Pretty easy to move, you know, if you wanted to sell them. They have a lot of value. You know, here's the keys to my Jeep in case you wanted, like, to move them someplace. I don't know. You know, Here's, then, how, you, here's how you disable the baby monitor in my and, children's room. <laughs> yeah, and the Babylonians are just sitting there like, man, you got more than you need. <laughs> and they're right. Yeah. And they're going to remedy that, apparently, according to God. And it says after that that basically, yeah, if you want to know anything else about uh, Hezekiah, you can read Chronicles. He does some cool shit, apparently. Uh, he's going to, like, build an aqueduct. and This blah, is blah, blah, kind blah. of cool. So um, to tie it in, as we recall, when the Assyrians were taking Jerusalem, part of their siege was they took the water supply. So yeah. Hezekiah, and this is kind of interesting, Hezekiah commissions a tunnel dug through the rock with hand tools by two teams kind of like the um what's that the channel you know what i'm talking about yeah the yeah, the tunnel from the france channel, to english, english, channel. The english channel yeah same yeah. deal two drills are moving from opposite points and they have to meet in the middle so uh hezekiah had a tunnel drilled from a water supply directly into the city so that they could no longer just be sieged and have their water cut off they actually have a pretty direct pump line, and it goes into a pool in Jerusalem. So it was part of Kerbal. Yeah. So we're going to learn about that in Chronicles. And then it says that his uh, eventually he did die, right, 15 years later or so, and was succeeded by his son Manasseh, which was the name of uh, one of Joseph's two sons. It was. That's cool. And I wonder yeah. if a righteous, pious, priest-like guy – I mean, I think – I don't know. I haven't read 21, but I do know that uh, preacher's daughters are typically whores. Yes, that's right. So I wonder I wonder what's in store for this Manasseh character. Well, I mean, not good, I would imagine. I don't even remember, uh, like, original Manasseh. Anything about him? Was uh, he cool? Original Manasseh was a chill boy. Hmm, good for him. They were just good lads. Remember, they did the whole crisscross arm, like, oh, Manasseh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Be- the wrong one came out of the pussy first. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Be like that sometimes. Anyways, but uh, Hezekiah's dead. Read the rest about him in Chronicles. He did some we'll shit. We'll find out more about him one day, unfortunately. That's chapter 20. That's an app. That is an app, as far as we'll get. Ooh. What uh, what'd you think of that one? I uh, I don't know. It, it, it kind of, it's so inconsistent, because you can tell that if you were trying to uh, brainwash dumb as shit Christians into believing your garbage you would work really hard to press the message of oh and then when it was when 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 there was nothing nowhere else to turn he turned to god and god spared him and like what about the time where he gave people a tour of his house and then uh, was doomed that part doesn't count that part's not important <laughs> it's uh i wish i wish it's I, I wish it had story. just been like they're like and then in his later years hezekiah took a photo of a dark water cup with his pants undone and god was like i'm gonna fucking kick you out of your school <laughs> i see what you did there yeah he uh he didn't quite fall well himself but he definitely goofed which uh, you know he fell bad not. yeah 
It was a weird sin. The thing is, and I think why God, I don't know, it's fucked up. It's the reason that the Babylonians are going to get all that just because he showed it off? No, I, so, right? I, I think it's, one, I think the Babylonians are probably thugs. And you probably shouldn't show them the inner workings of your house. That's just how it be. But um, you shouldn't open your door to people who aren't like you or who look different. <laughs> That's the message of the Bible, I think. But That is the message of the Bible. You know, know, like, just yes. don't show people your shit. Um, I do. But I, I think it I, – I personally am going to put it into the category of it's just another example where how do you explain how the greatest man since David can have his children turned into eunuchs and carried off to Babylon? There must be some weird, stupid story where he pissed off God somehow despite a life of piousness and righteousness and bringing Israel to its, its- highest point. It seems to be this showing the Babylonians around. Yeah. I mean, that's when Isaiah said it to him. But it seems like such a pathetic reason to be like, oh, yeah, by the way. You should. But I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that weak sauce we've seen where it's like, oh, uh, you know, and then this king of Israel was the greatest man ever, but he once left a pole up and that's why his kids had to die. You know, it's all. Well, yeah, and the one king got leprosy over some bullshit. Remember that? Yeah. That was just a few chapters ago. Yeah. I think he got leprosy because he tried to do a uh, an incense burning himself without tried- the priest or some shit. Something like that. Yeah. He tried to do a kickflip. <laughs> Never do that. He broke his uh, wrist. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I think that this is why. I mean, maybe in Chronicles we'll find out a different reason, but it seems to be just because he was proud of his net worth, which yeah. is shitty. Yeah. He's I a, mean, a lot of people died. He's a fuck. I don't know if his kids need to be uh, snipped for it, but what, what do they I do? Know? What do I know? I cannot fathom the mysteriousness of gods. I, I, I saw a Facebook post by uh, somebody today that was like, do not trust in your own judgment. Just give yourself to God. I was like, what an interesting idea that, uh, yeah, throw critical reasoning out the fucking window. Just give it to God, y'all. And that's, I think, the message of this Bible. Just fucking throw it. You know, if, if, if you're thinking, you're not a real Christian. Yeah, that's fair. I think that makes sense. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, uh, if you don't already, you can follow us on Twitter at Bible Pimps. And if you want to send us an email, that's a Revelations Podcast at gmail.com. Did you hear uh, that they had to do Liberty University's uh, graduation ceremonies different? I mean, everyone did, obviously, because of the pandemic. Right. But what you do is you stay in the stands and someone else goes up and gets and your, gets your degree for you. you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>